1: And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobilecom slash now.
2: I'm Drew Schwartz, and I wrote Meet Radio Man, autograph king, friend of George Clooney, bum for the New York Times. And it's the story of the week.
0: No one would ever ask me for my autograph. Yet, when I write a book, people will sometimes stand in line to get me to sign their copy. They somehow need it to make their purchase complete. It makes about as much sense to me as if every time you ordered a pizza, you got the chef to sign the pizza box. Autographing books is so uncomfortable to me that I eventually figured out this workaround. So the person would come up to me in line and I would ask them to tell me a bunch of stuff about themselves or the person they were buying this book for. And then I'd go to the title page and I'd write a little letter to them with their name at the top and I'd sign the end of it. And I'm not proud of this, but either because I was so uncomfortable with the dynamic or I thought they expected me to be funny, the letter was just me mocking them. Several times people told me that I had ruined their book many more saw what I was doing to the person in front of them and pointedly demanded, just your name. Author signatures are what people want. It's what bookstores want. They somehow increase the likelihood of the book actually selling. I guess because it proves I exist? Regardless of how I feel about them, autographs are a huge industry. An industry that's dominated by one very unlikely man. The Autograph King of New York City.
1: Writing is hard. Who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein. So he turns on a mic. Maybe twiddles a knob. Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job. Auditory. Single story. Just listen to smart people speak filled with information. The story of the week.
0: Craig Costaldo, who's known as Radio Man, has been collecting celebrity autographs in New York City for decades. Drew Schwartz wrote about him for the New York Times. Drew, thank you for coming on and telling us about maybe the most interesting man in New York. No offense to your mayor.
2: <laughs> yeah he's fascinating i mean he's like one of the wildest characters i've ever encountered
0: are you talking about the mayor or are you talking about radio man
2: <laughs> i'm talking about radio man
0: okay i just wasn't sure at the moment <laughs> um what is going on in the world of autographing now it's this bizarre
2: kind of secret economy there are about 150 people in new york city alone who do this full time and then there's hundreds more across the country at least
0: 500 All around the world, who do this as a full time job. And who buys autographs in 2023? Like, I could see why you'd want a selfie, but who's collecting autographs that seems so 1940s? (laughs) Excellent question.
2: So, basically, a huge chunk of the people who are buying these are people who are like, okay, I have a super fan in my life and they're obsessed with Taylor Swift and I have no idea what to get them. So, I'm just going to get them an autograph photo of Taylor Swift. So, that's like half the revenue. And then The other half comes from autograph collectors. There are people who like live for this shit. They spend like, you know, nearly all of their disposable income on autographs.
0: Drew, how much do these things go for?
2: Um, At the cheapest, less than a hundred bucks. At the most expensive, more than a thousand dollars. And it's all dependent on how famous is that person, but also crucially, how often do they sign? Oh, like Bob Dylan notoriously does not sign. Joaquin Phoenix does not sign. Ed Norton does not sign. And their signatures are worth like bonkers amounts of money because you just can't get them.
0: Okay. So one of the places where you can get a lot of graphs is outside the Ed Sullivan theater where Stephen Colbert tapes. And so what what's the scene like there? What did you see?
2: <laughs> so like one night Harrison Ford was scheduled to arrive. And there were 60 plus graphers, and they're all in this huge pack and they're kind of like elbowing and jockeying for position and jostling each other. And they've all got photographs in one hand, markers in the other. And it was like intense because a Harrison Ford signature goes for a lot of money. So this was like a high stakes scenario.
0: Okay. So they're all yeah. looking for, for Harrison Ford's autograph and, and was he giving the out or what does he do?
2: So basically he pulls up in a black Escalade and gets out of the car and they just start losing their minds. They're fighting for the best spot. They're like,
1: Harrison, Harrison, please, Harrison, come sign Harrison. Come on, man. Come on, Harrison, please.
2: And they're just fucking losing their minds. And then by this dumpster, like right by the stage door, there's this old homeless looking guy. He's got this like greasy beard and this crazy hair. And he's lying on the ground by the dumpster. And he just kind of like pushes himself up to his feet. Honestly, what he said, which I couldn't print the time story was, I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) And uh, he he reaches into like this kind of gnarly looking grocery bag and pulls out a FedEx mailer, like one of those big envelopes. There's probably like a hundred photographs of Harrison Ford in there. And he starts walking up to Harrison Ford's Escalade. And there's a security team of like five bodyguards in pressed black suits. And he just walks past them, like no big deal. And he walks up to Harrison Ford as he climbs out of the back seat and he just goes, Harrison, how are you? And Harrison Ford goes, radio. And they (laughs) shake hands and I'm standing there and I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching right now? And this guy, this apparently homeless guy, hands him the package and he's like, listen, I got some photos for you. And Harrison Ford's like, sure, sure, no problem. And then, you know, an hour and a half passes, maybe two and all those people they've now like swelled a number now there's like 80 90 of them behind there Harrison comes out he goes across the street and he starts signing for the huge pack of graphers these people are going absolutely bonkers they're like thrusting photographs at him they're like screaming they're like Harrison please one more Harrison just one more like, and it's like getting intense like they're shoving each other one girl fell over and screamed and at that point Harrison was like guys i'm done And he turns and he walks away, goes back to his Escalade, and Radio walks up to him as he's sitting in the back seat. And he's like, hey, uh, Harrison, did you get like a chance or whatever with the photos? And he's like, oh no, I haven't gotten to it yet. And Radio's like, well, you wanna like take down my address or something, you wanna send them to me? And Harrison Ford's like, sure, do you have a pen? Um, Writes the whole thing out, and he's like, all right, I'll send it to you. And then he drives away.
0: Oh, wow. What makes Radio Man so much better at this than everyone else?
2: Well, for one, he's been graphing in New York City since the early 90s, and he's been hanging out on film sets in New York since the early 90s. And he just has become like this tolerated fixture. I mean, he's really funny. He's really fun to be around. He's sweet. Oh, he is. He's polite. Yeah. And I mean, he's got a the foulest mouth of anyone I've ever heard. But I think like celebrities kind of like him because he treats them like normal human beings. I mean, like he'll his first line to somebody is like, hey, it's Samuel Jackass. It's huge Jackass, (laughs) you know? Um, And then after that, they're like, radio. And he's like, how you been, man? How's the wife? How's the kids? Um, It's impossible not to love him when you spend time around him. For as, like, wild and
0: (laughs) sometimes patently offensive as he can be. He's just really charming, you know? Is this pity? I guess that's what I'm wondering. Is this pity or people actually love him?
2: (sighs) I think there's some pity somewhere in there. But that's not the reason that they... Treat him nice. I mean, George Clooney talked about this like one moment that really made an impact on him and really endeared him to Radio Man, which is that it was like not long after he and Amal Clooney had started dating and it was their first trip to New York together as a couple. And Amal wanted to go down the street and visit her brother who lived on Fifth Avenue. And she was like, I'm just gonna walk, like, no big deal. She walks out of the hotel, and there's like a hundred paparazzi there right yeah and she's just like oh my god like what like she's completely surrounded and radio man pulls up on his bicycle which he rides everywhere by the way at the age of 72 and blocks the pack of paparazzi hails a cab he opens the door like ushers her in and he's like get out of here and she like flees and
0: escapes and, he just pops up out of nowhere like batman well because he knows where george is and he oh, loves george okay. so he's
2: always around right um but yes like batman
0: out of nowhere And he looks like you went to like a second rate casting director and asked for a homeless person. Absolutely. Two on the nose, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, he's got this like, so like there's no hair on the very top of his head, but he has Mm -hmm. this like gray mane and it's like wiry and greasy and like just like (laughs) crazy looking. And then he has this like huge gray beard and he wears the same clothes every day. But it's amazing because this guy who, looks homeless, smells homeless, is lying on the ground by a dumpster or whatever, is like shaking hands
0: with like Meryl Streep. It's insane. And he bikes around everywhere and he's got that um, boom box around his neck, kind of like he's Radio Rakim from Do The Right Thing. <laughs> so he used to carry around this radio and like he would tie a rope
2: to a radio and hang it on his neck and bring it everywhere. But over the past, like at least every time I was with him, he never actually had it. I think oh. it's like now become like, uh, I don't know. Relic or something. He doesn't do it anymore, but he does ride his bicycle literally everywhere
0: from his apartment
2: in Yonkers.
0: That must take forever
2: each way. It's a 13 mile ride (gasps) and it takes him like two hours. And then all day long, he's just biking here, biking there. He's got these like three grocery bags filled with like Tupperware containers and like kind of rotting food and like just weird ephemera and you know, packages of photographs of celebrities for them to sign. And he's toting those the whole way. He's just like inexhaustible.
0: Yeah. And he used to be homeless, right? It's not yeah. just a look. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He used to be homeless, um, at least for a year, possibly more than that. But yeah, he spent a long time homeless.
0: Is Radio Man into graphing or is he into being on movie sets and graphing is just a way to pay rent? He doesn't give a shit
2: about the autographs. And if he could abandon that part, he would. He just needs some way to support his very minimal expenses, you know, which is paying $900 a month in rent and like feeding his two cats. Um, but... I mean, he doesn't care. He just wants to be around his friends. And in his mind, his friends are these actors, right? And so if he could somehow just hang out on movie sets and hobnob with everybody and sneak into a scene every once in a while, because he's been in an extra in like more than 100 movies. If he was able to do
0: that and support himself somehow, he totally would. How did he get into this this thing where he hangs out on movie sets? So the story that he tells is
2: that sometime around 1990... He was homeless at the time. He was rolling a push cart through Central Park and he encountered this guy. And this guy looked like even worse off than he did. He was in like crazy like rags and he just was like dirty. And you know, Radio Man thought he was bum. And so, you know, he had a case of beer in his little cart. And he was like, hey man, you, you want a beer? And the guy was like, do you know who I am? And it was Robin Williams and he was shooting the Fisher King, which is that Terry Gilliam movie about like this bum, uh,
0: Robin Williams plays the bum. But that sounds fake because Radio Man happens to look just like Robin Williams. There's like a spinning image of each other. It's crazy. And then Robin Williams dressed up like Radio Man happened to sit next to Radio Man. It sounds fake. Well, they like passed each other. Uh, all right. You know, yeah. one, one may have their doubts, but the okay. story goes that,
2: um, they start chatting and and Robin Williams is like, yeah, I'm playing this bum. And radio is like, man, you're doing this all wrong. You're not acting the way that a bum would actually act. And he's like, let me take you down to the South Street Seaport. We're going to go to the fish market. I'll show you my spots. Like, we'll hang out and I'll show you how to really do this. And so they spend some amount of time together, just like living on the street, basically. So anyways, the movie's producers gave Radio Man like 200 bucks in a case of
0: beer. And so he was like, "This is a good place to get food and hang out, and it's pretty
1: good pleasant. place to get
2: food." And the other thing to keep in mind is that they actually did cast him as an extra in The Fisher King, which lends this oh. story some credibility. He's in that movie, and okay. so he would go, he would eat the free food, and then he'd be like, "Hey, like, put me in your movie, I'll play a bum," and they're like, "Fuck yeah, dude, you look exactly like a bum <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> you are." <laughs> and he was like an, an amazing extra, right? And so he would just go, he would get little bit background parts, never really speaking. Sometimes he speaks.
0: What movies has he been
2: in? Ransom, Zoolander, Spider-Man 2, uh, The Irishman, uh, Shutter Island, The Departed. I mean, it's like 100 plus movies.
0: And you saw him on a movie set, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, the first real big day that I ever spent with Radium Man. We go downtown and we arrive on this movie set. And (laughs) there is George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And they're like seven feet away from us, just shooting a scene. And during a break in filming, George Clooney takes a seat in a director's chair and radio man walks up to him and he just goes, Clooney, you know, no good fuck. <laughs> and George Clooney <laughs> just goes, there it is. And they just start chatting. He goes, you know where you're shooting tomorrow? And George Clooney goes, I don't know where I'm shooting tomorrow. And radio goes under the Manhattan Bridge. And then George Clooney says, see, this is what I'm talking about. You don't need a call sheet. Radio Man is the call sheet. And that's very much how it is. It's just like, Brad's going to be over there shooting on the corner of like East Broadway and Catherine Street. By the way, like Cate Blanchett's over at the Carlisle and Sam Jackson's shooting at the Barrymore. You guys should meet up. Then we're doing a studio shoot. That's going to be in Queens. I can give you the address if you want. Have you seen uh, It's just like boom, 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 boom.
0: And he knows so many people in the industry that he's been to the Oscars
2: yeah so like six years ago or so george clooney got together with a bunch of his buddies and they flew radio man out to la and they sent him to the oscars and he walked the red carpet he wore a tuxedo nice he brought a date <laughs> who's radio man's date george clooney asked him that he was like you remember when we took you to the oscars man like who'd you bring like and he was like what and he's like who'd you bring to the oscars he's like what he's like, he like, he like who is your date and radio was like well there were several of them. It's <laughs> so just fucking around. But, you know, he's quick and he's hilarious and he's super lovable. And-
0: now I need to find out who he brought to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Oh. We may never know. When we come back, we'll find out why Radio Man might be the worst business person in all of New York City. But first, our sponsors are going to try and sell you some me undies, only
1: they'll be signed by me. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank NA member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now.
0: How does Radioman sell his autographs? He has dealers. So, um...
2: There are these two guys. One of them is based in New York and the other one lives in Florida. And basically, the guy in New York prints out hundreds of photographs of whatever star happens to be in town that week, brings them to radio. Radio goes and gets them signed. And then radio hands them back to the guy who dropped them off. That guy ships them to the guy in Florida who lists them on eBay or, you know, whatever autograph marketplace you want to name. They're all really obscure and weird. And uh, they sell them for... I mean, let's say, let's take the Clooney's, for example. George Clooney signed 185 photographs for Radio Man. 185. I counted them myself. In one shot? In one shot.
0: That must take forever. I think he he said it usually takes like an hour or something. So Clooney is spending an hour just signing stuff for Radio Man. An hour. Signing things for an hour sounds like no big deal, but just for like my limited time signing books, it's sort of oddly exhausting. Yeah, man. I love when you drop a flex in the mix. I want you to know I really held off on telling you that I've met Brad Pitt. (laughs) It was hard, but I held off.
2: No, no. I mean, it seems like a total pain in the ass. I would hate to do that.
0: Okay. So these people that Radio Man directly deals with who give him these packages to sign and he hands them back, what are they like? Did you meet these guys? Yeah. I mean, they basically exploit radio man he's got to put himself
2: out there and put himself in honestly like kind of an uncomfortable position where he's asking for something from these people that he would really rather not ask for anything
0: from but if he loves hanging out on movie sets and he loves talking to these people and being in these things to then go and basically ask them for money sucks yeah he doesn't want to have to do that at all so so keep this in mind right he has to do that
2: he has to wait around in the cold like shivering he gives it to these guys there's 185 signed george clooney's in there right that's worth at Mm -hmm. least eighteen thousand dollars he gives it to the guys and they're like thanks radio like here's 300 bucks you know like yeah like jack
0: no is it literally like 300
2: on that one he might have gotten like five but like i know that for this package of sarah michelle gellers there were 42 signed sarah michelle gellers and those are worth like six thousand dollars and he got 300 bucks for that
0: So why isn't Radio Man selling these directly? Well, because he
2: doesn't know how to use the Internet. He doesn't know where to find the photographs. He doesn't know how to list them on eBay. He doesn't know how to communicate with people who would be buying them. I mean, he's 72 years old. Like, he just doesn't have a working knowledge of the
0: web. But if someone just helped him do some of this, he could do, like, 10% of what he's doing now and get by, right? Dude, he could be like a millionaire.
2: I think the two dudes who he sells to, those guys, I was told by a grapher who's in this scene clear four hundred to six hundred thousand dollars a year off Radio Man's merchandise alone. And Radio Man maybe takes home like forty grand a year. And survives exclusively on food that he gathers from free pantries and movie sets. I mean, like this guy is living in poverty and he's holding in his hands on any given day five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars.
0: It just it feels really weird that there's these middlemen who you ne- who didn't get to interview I assume.
2: I spent time with them, Radio Man. He was like I don't want you to talk shit about these guys and I tried to handle it carefully and I put that scene in there where basically one of the guys pulls up in a nice silver sedan. It's freezing outside, like one of the coldest nights of the year in New York. And he walks up to Radio and takes the package from him, doesn't say anything to him, and on his way back to the warmth of his car. Radio is like, hey, uh, you got like six bucks or something so I could get a tea? And the guy turns and he goes, I don't have cash on me. And he just gets in his car and drives away, leaving Radio Man by his bicycle, which he'll ride home that night. And these guys, like, they just have like a kind of a stranglehold on on radio. I mean, the other thing is radio. He just doesn't give a shit about the money, which is like so endearing, but it's also frustrating as someone who cares about him. You know, it's crushing. I mean, this, this story was so fun. And exciting and hilarious, but then there were some nights where I was just so sad. I mean, where I was physically suffering from being outside for ten hours at a time. I had hand warmers in my boots. So I was just shivering, you know. And Radio Man's like pissing in an alley, and you know, half passed out in it, and he's getting ripped off for the shit that he's working so hard to get. This is the other thing is that, like, no one's bringing radio food, no one's bringing him water, no one's bringing him tea, no one's checking on him, no one's making sure he's warm, no one's making sure he has like appropriate clothes on. Like, and I'm not trying to like strip Radio Man of his agency, obviously, he has it, but he's also 72, you know, like, kind of could use somebody just to be looking out for him. And um, he doesn't have that. It, It became really troubling to me at a certain part, although I will say. This was fucking awesome. So Radio Man, like, calls me all the time. We still talk. And um, after the story, he called me and he was like, it's great, man. Like, I love you like a brother. And, like, you know, all this stuff. And <laughs> and he was like, get this. He's like, I'm going to invent names here. These are not these guys' real names. But he's like, Chucky and Kyle are, like, so pissed <laughs> off about, like, you know, the story. And they say they look like shit. And they're, like, you know, that they're exploding me. It's, I don't give a shit about that. Fuck those guys. Like, whatever. And now get this, like. They feel really bad. So I just like gave these these Keanu's and they gave me 2,500 bucks for them. And that might even still seem low. But for radio, who was getting like 300 before the story and oh. 2,500 afterwards, that is a fucking like huge difference. I was so psyched when I heard that.
0: So these other graphers who are standing outside Colbert, like 80 of them, <laughs> are they also going to these two slimy middlemen or are they selling directly? Some are selling to these guys. Some are selling to other dealers.
2: I mean, I think there's probably like 25 dealers in New York City. Wow. And who's the
0: second biggest grapher out there after Radio Man?
2: Gio. Gio Arnold. So there's this guy, <laughs> and he calls himself Black Radio Man. <laughs> so <laughs> It's just amazing. It's so good.
0: Wow. That's an his catch, honor. His
2: catchphrase is, stay black.
0: So Wait, his like, catchphrase is, stay black? Yeah. And she,
2: like, almost okay. exclusively yells at white people. <laughs> Is Radio
0: Man cool with him?
2: Yeah, they hang out, they know each other. And, like, every time he's like, like, Geo's like, hey, what's up, Radio Man? How you doing, man? He's like, oh, it's Black Radio Man. And, you know, they just pal <laughs> around. I mean, they, they're buddies. So, anyways, this guy, Gio, he got his start back when he was, like, 10, 11, 12 years old. And... He is like dogged in his pursuit of autographs. Like if he doesn't get it on the way out, he'll like chase somebody down the street while they're in their car until they finally mm. sign for him. Then he gets a bicycle. So then he's following them in their car like forty blocks till they get to their hotel and he's like, please, 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 please. I mean, he's like in in the way that Radio Man is in because he's been doing it for so long and because he's hilarious.
0: But Radio Man just wants to hang out on movie sets and be in movies. This guy is a true autograph seeker as a businessman yes yes he is and he
2: unlike radio man sells his own merchandise on ebay and to private collectors and so he's actually making a pretty good living for himself um and i think he wants to get out of the autograph game because like everywhere you go in new york if it's a really big star and it's going to be like an actual opportunity to get a signature from them 25 guys here 35 45 60 80 who knows it depends on who it is right but it's like getting more and more competitive is there competition between radio
0: man and black radio man
2: The thing is, Gio knows that, you know, Radio Man is the fucking king. I mean, they're different, but he like, he told me he was like, you know, I'm good at what I do. Radio Man is another level. You know, it's just like no one gets what Radio Man gets. Radio Man gets Joaquin Phoenix. No one gets Joaquin Phoenix. Like Radio Man gets Ed Norton. Nobody gets Ed Norton. He gets the ungettable and he gets hundreds.
0: He's famous, Radio Man. In a way. There's been a documentary about him there has and and when you were around him did you notice that people but he was sort of famous <laughs> i mean there was this crazy moment where
2: we were on set and this guy that i'd never seen before and that radio man did not recognize walked up to him and he was holding an eight by ten photograph of radio man and he held it out to him and he was like hey radio you mind signing real quick and radio man signs it in this big messy cursive And the guy's like, thanks, just walks away. And it was like, is he a grapher? Is he a fan? Like, what is he? And it was a really
0: surreal moment. Drew Schwartz, you wrote, meet Radio Man. Autograph king, friend of George Clooney, bum for the New York Times. And it was so much fun talking to you. Mm, Blast talking to you too, buddy. Because I write profiles of actors for magazines, I've spent a lot of time on movie sets. And for every person there besides the director, they are the most boring place you can possibly be. 90% of all the action is just moving lights. The rest is retouching makeup and hair. There's so little action on a movie set that the actual actors have lookalikes who spend more time than the actors do on set trying to see if the light is right or the, the makeup is right. What I'm saying is, Radio Man, come hang out with me in my closet while I make a podcast. This is where all the action is.
1: At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online.
0: Our show today was produced by Mo Labord and Nisha Venkat. It was edited by Lydia Jean Cott. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelazny. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. I've met one autograph collector my whole life now that we're talking about it, and it's Judd Apatow. Really? Yeah. Jed Apatow has been collecting autographs since he was a kid. He's shown them to me. He's a weirdo now that I'm thinking about it. This is a flex, Joel. You're just like, yeah, I was just hanging out with Jed Apatow and you know. <laughs> oh no, we're, we're only like three minutes in. It's going to be a bunch of flexes. Just, just prepare. His name dropping. <laughs> that, that was the original name of the
1: podcast. Joel drops names. <laughs>